everybody to MassCast. This is our first episode. We thank you for joining us. My name is Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Wyatt. How's it going, everybody? We're having a blast doing this. Sorry for our little absence. We've been uh, getting ourselves into a little other project. I, I have a little boy on the way. That's more than a project, but... Uh, That's true. <laughs> yeah, we've made it through the holiday season, and uh, we came up to this point and thought it's time to get the fans of Mask interacting and... Uh, we thought, what better way than to do these uh, podcasts about the episodes of Mask. For those of you who do not know us or have not heard our voices before, we invite you to go on to our Mixcloud uh, page and download our first podcast, which basically tells uh, about us and our quest to get a Mask movie made. Right, and you guys can find the link by going to our podcast or on our Facebook page. Yeah, so uh, we, we hope you can uh, listen to that and kind of get the background on how we got the the Mask movie script started and where we've kind of gone up to this point. But we're going to be kind of tying in that project with this Mask podcast as we'll be releasing a little bit of information on some of these episodes that we kind of use to incorporate into the script. So be looking for that. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about the format of these podcasts. We'll do a quick little intro, and then we'll go right into the episode and the plot, uh, all the agents' vehicles used in each episode of the cartoon. We might get into the toys a little bit if we want to, and then we're both going to chime in kind of with our verdict of the episode and what we would rate it on our 1 to 5 scale, and then we might go back and forth and critique each other a little bit, which will be fun. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about any tie-ins to the Mask movie script we've come up with. Uh, we'll have some time for some fan comments at the end. I'm inviting everybody the week prior to us recording to go in onto our site and leave a comment about uh, the episode and give your little rating. Our new polls are going to be basically rating the episodes each week, and we're going to post uh, the YouTube video of each episode that week so you can watch and kind of critique and and catch up yourself and then we'll preview the next episode so are you ready to do this thing i'm ready let's start the mass cast all right well our first episode is called the death stone and it involved uh Actually, a, a bunch of different things that we've kind of used in the script. Uh, we uh, Go ahead. Uh, we looked at a lot of things when we were doing up our movie. And, and in this episode, uh, The Death Stone, what we have here is we had our vehicles were, that were in the movie. Most of the vehicles, all except Firecracker, were in this movie uh, that we've created. Uh, on top of that, the meteor is right in the very first scene of this episode of the Death Stone was also what we used to incorporate into our movie as well. And it's right at the beginning of the movie as well. Yeah, they pretty much in this first episode, they laid out, you know, uh, all the regular cast members and vehicles throughout probably the first, I don't know what, 40 or 50 episodes at least. Right. Obviously, Matt Tracker, Brad Turner... 
Bruce Sato, Alex Sector, Honda McLean, Buddy Hawks, Dusty Hayes, and of course Scott and T Bob. Gotta have and, them. Uh, yes. Uh, and then uh, on the Venom side, just three uh, Venom characters in the very first episode with Miles Mayhem and Cliff Dagger, Sly Rax, and their vehicles. But uh, so we pick it up um, at the beginning of the episode where the meteorite hits. Venom comes along in this UFO disguised, or a switchblade disguised as this UFO, and steals the meteorite. <laughs> what a bunch of suckers! Oh no! The meteor is gone! Oh yes, and you've seen way too much! Give me that camera, mister! Huh? That's missus! To kind of take off and sell to the highest, the highest, bidding, exactly. highest bidding country. Right. Uh, and they use it, of course, you know, they're the bad guys, so they got to use it for the bad things. They're sitting there splitting the rock. You know, it was initially meant to heal things, and then here they are splitting the rock. They found out that does the opposite and when, when it's split. It actually kills anything that it touches or is in, in, uh, in the area of it. Fantastic! The destructive power of those pieces is just as I suspect. Right, and they are asking $50 million for uh, one of those three pieces that they split it into. But so then on the mask side, uh, good old Professor Stevens, they find her, uh, well, they really don't show it, but they they find her after she crashes into the lake. and Matt takes her back Matt, to, her, to right. his mansion, which he's never known of, he knew of her. But didn't know her like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. And then uh, he agrees to help her to to get the meteor back, meteorite, I should say. Right. Well, let's see. They, I. Well, they go. He, they go right into you know, classic mask. And of course, this is the very first episode, so there's no, you know, anything else or most other TV shows. There's some kind of establishment there. Here, mask is boom. We exist, and all of a sudden you see uh, Matt talking to the computer and selecting the best agents for the mission. And uh, so they select the agents. They get everybody tied in that needs to go for go to battle, and uh, they meet up at headquarters, and then go off and try to find Venom and try to recover this meteorite. Yeah, and I found it interesting that. Uh you know, they didn't really do a, a setup episode. Um, I believe in the it's in the comics that they do like an origin story where uh, what is it? Matt's brother he dies in a fire. Uh, I, I, Matt kind of blames it on Miles uh, for his brother dying, and I, I guess what they were doing was just kind of taking it from there and from what they set up in those. Uh, I think it was just those four comics or whatever at the beginning. Right. And then they, I think they went ahead and released those other set of, the, I think there's nine comics. I think that was after the show had already taken off. But anyway, so we're there and then Mask heads out after Venom. Well, gentlemen, let's move it. Which one thing that kind of stuck out to me was, okay, so they got these three rock fragments 
and they got them in these little boxes, and they're going to sell them. Why did they need those like three huge trucks to carry them in? Exactly. But they were. <laughs> I mean, you got these you got these vehicles that have all these weapons on, and they're kind of disguised, you know. Right. Uh, why Why do you need these three trucks? The only thing that can come to my mind is, you know, it wasn't written into any script or something, but maybe. Just maybe the writers were sitting there going, okay, we got three pieces. Maybe they're that radioactive, so we got to keep them all separate in a big truck. And that's just, I mean, I'm really reaching there for that, that yeah. answer. That, that could be part of it. But uh, All right, so Mask, in, uh, I believe it's in Thunderhawk. They kind of track the, the three trucks, and then the jig is up on Scott and T-Bob hiding out in the back of Firecracker. Right. Hey, T-Bob, I, I don't know if stowing away on this mission was such a hot idea. For once, I agree with you. So they they hit it home on the very first episode with their kind of... Goof-ups. And stowaways right. and kind of comic relief. So that starts right away. And then uh, I think it's Brad uh, shoots down a missile from Switchblade and it fall some fragments fall on top of Hondo and he gets hurt. I didn't really kind of get that whole scenario there where I think Mayhem, you know, tells the other members of Mayhem, "All right, that should hold him off. We have a job to finish or something." All right, so you know, dropping some shrapnel on somebody is holding them off. <laughs> that should hold them. We've got a job to finish. But anyway, so uh so Hondo gets quote unquote hurt, and then uh, it takes Scott and T Bob kind of saving the day. Really, that's what yeah, they did. Yeah, right. Uh, they go. They decide to go after the piece themselves because I guess T Bob can track the the meteorites. But then the, there's another part that kind of bugged me is they get to where Mayhem is. He's selling the one of the fragments, and they jump in Switchblade to radio back to Matt for the coordinates of like where they are. I'm like, well, you were able to track the meteorite before you can't, can't track it again. Right. And, and, you know, <laughs> we got the kind of hindsight because we've watched the episodes, at least a few of them. And, uh, in later episodes, you see a little tiny panel or something come out of, uh, or door or something drop down out of T-Bob that has the communicator. So why couldn't T-Bob communicate then, unless that was like an add-on that the scriptwriters later on added to T-Bob. You know, maybe T-Bob was still in its beta testing phase. We don't know. So Scott uh, gets, he climbs into Switchblade, and then he erratically flies it around. All right, Mayhem, what's going on? Oh! And then they jump in a truck and steal a truck, and then uh, they kind of split up, I guess. Or no, they uh, they're going after the other pieces that were are trying to be sold. Uh, then, so we see a lot of Condor in this episode, and a lot of what he can do. Basically, right. um, he's got the antimatter ray. He goes through a 
through he, he uses that and then um he, he has the supersonic speed right that was uh that was kind of pretty cool um again this is of course 80s technology and they're already talking lasers and uh mach 1 capabilities on a little little crotch rocket really um but uh it was pretty cool NASA's to see it's all about the lasers oh that's right they were and uh, that's one thing that we did not incorporate into the movie by the way we've talked about it we heavily talked about it uh, but we thought you know let's try to keep it a little closer to reality and use regular old you know 50 cal machine guns and whatever else right yeah give it give it that modern day feel in other words right um you know, but that's not to say who knows that may be in the sequel who knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's not to say that you know there isn't some uh some of the original weapons on some of the vehicles as well, because we do use some of those. Right. We do. So it's not it's not a total reboot as far as the the weaponry goes. Right. Uh, in our script. Right. So uh, so anyway, so we get uh, we get Condor saving the day from uh, Jackhammer, and he gets that meteorite fragment back, and then uh, we have the classic Gator and Piranha meeting up in the water. Of course. Um, the classic moment I would say there is where uh, Dusty pulls up on the beach and asks the bikini babes, "Which way did they go? Which way did he go?" Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Which way did he go? Thank you kindly. Like that was, you know, that, uh, that was really necessary. Uh, well, did he go in the water? or Did he stay on the beach? You know, but really, yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, that was a that was a classic moment. Yeah, I like love that. that. Tell you that what I really found interesting um, throughout the episodes, and uh, maybe I'm getting uh, a little backtracked here, but did anybody else notice how the episodes were when people were driving? It was on the other side. It was on the British side. <laughs> and yes, I did notice that. And you know, when we started looking into writing the script, we saw that it was actually intentioned to be written for Britain, British TV, and somehow it landed in U.S. waters either first or there was a better review over in the U.S. I don't remember quite what it was, but uh, I think the first three or four episodes are kind of right-hand side, and then all of a sudden you see it switch to driver's side, regular left-hand side right. driving. Right. So I, it, I, I thought that was always comical. The other one that I saw that was kind of a to me, it was a goof up is with all this technology that Matt Tracker has that he could not talk to Scott and T-Bob through Switchblade. It had to come through Rhino and had to be interfaced to Thunderhawk so he could talk to him. Yeah, I did notice that one, too. That was kind of kind of off the wall. Can you patch me into Scott and T-Bob? Well, I, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I didn't buy too much into that one uh, just because I don't know. Maybe there's you know, different frequencies or whatever right. from Venom to Mask. But but anyway, so uh, so Mask recovers two of the fragments. Dusty uses the old freeze ray on Rax. You all stay cool now, you hear? And uh, gets the second one, and then they head back. Scott and T-Bob show up with the last fragment to uh, save Hondo and save the day. Right. Uh, and then, of course, Mayhem... His last, you know, line is, 
we'll have the victory next time, you know. Right. Mask may have won the battle, but the war goes on. Next time, the victory will be mine! Classic 80s villain ending, you know, to your oh, yeah. cartoon. Just, just like old uh, Inspector Gadget. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now, but he goes, I'll get you next time, Gadget. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Claw. Dr. Claw, that's him. Yep. So and then, of course, they end the episode which with one of those classic uh, mask PSAs. Oh, yes. Where uh, the ball goes rolling across the road and make sure the coast is clear before you retrieve the ball in traffic. When you run after a ball, always stop at the street and look both ways until the coast is clear. Right. Well, you know, I even when I was a kid watching this, you know, I thought it, I always took it at two things. The first one, why would they do this? This is just goofy. Did they run out of time? Did they need a filler? What was it? The second one was, you know, who knows? Maybe they were actually thinking that they needed to teach kids little things here and there to better themselves or to, to keep them safe or something. So even watching it again, I'm like, well, were they filling it? Was it just for comical relief? Or were they actually, like, think, seriously thinking of kids and safety and, and so forth? So, uh, Well, I, I think it is. I mean, you, you think of G.I. Joe. I mean, it did the same thing with that. And, um, I, you know, it might have been just a little nugget they thought would, you know, make everybody happy since they were shooting guns and lasers and stuff. Although nobody, you know, of course, yeah. ever gets hurt. Or killed, I should say. People get hurt, but well, um, I'm going to ask you. They just needed that too. I'm going to ask Go you what what was your favorite vehicle, and it can be either this episode or Mask entirety. But what was your favorite vehicle again on this episode or or or? Well, uh, you know, I've thought about this a lot, and I got to say, first of all, my first ever Mask toy was the hurricane 57 chevy oh yes yes um so i love that thing and so i always kind of have a tie to that but of course they didn't that didn't come in until i don't know episode it it must be up in the 20s at least i think so um when they don't they they destroy firecracker i think they melt it down yeah they do and uh they show up to Here's your new ride, Hondo. So I, you know, I've always liked that. But and then I, I, I don't know. I Condor at probably uh, one and two with those. Right. What do you What do you think? What was your favorite? Well, growing up, the only mask toy I actually ever had was Condor. Um, just it was just something like my. I guess I was more interested in Transformers when I was growing up than I was masks. So my parents more focused on Transformers than masks. <laughs> Um, well, I got my hurricane on my birthday and I, I was ecstatic when I got it. Yeah. And I had, I, you know, I think I've, uh, I, I told a couple other people before that I kind of had a mixed bag of stuff. I never, I didn't really collect one specific, uh, franchise or toy line. Right. Um, I had a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So I had, you know, Hondo interacting with, you know, GI Joes and, <laughs> Well, to answer the question, though, honestly, my favorite would have to is a toss-up between Thunderhawk and Rhino. Um, a lot of people like Thunderhawk, of course, but it was more to the fact that uh, 
you know, it was a sports car, 80 sports car. You got a Camaro IROC that can, that's driving along the, the road. And hey, you know what? I'm going to go take a, take a flight, push a button, doors open, and I can take off and go wherever I want to. Uh, but I also like Rhino. Rhino was kind of the powerhouse computer or mini computer hub, but, you know, had uh, had the cool stacks with the battering ram grill and the little little tiny uh, uh, fifth wheel car is what I called it. I didn't know what it really was, but the fifth wheel car, yeah. he could detach and just go out for, uh, you know, uh, ice cream while the truck's still driving down the road with Bruce or something. <laughs> I don't know. So that was my toss. We had a... We had a mutual friend that had Rhino, I remember, and he was a little more, I guess, well-off than, than we yes. both were. And we he had a bunch of, of cool toys that we'd always go over. And, and Rhino, yeah, I always kind of revered Rhino as, like, the top of the line. Yeah. Because I think, I'm not sure if he had a Boulder Hill or not, too. But uh, I, I snagged Boulder Hill, I don't know, it, it was years probably after mask um ended and i was in a department store and it was on clearance and i was like mom i need that right there and i will pay you back <laughs> so but i ended up uh well i didn't my mother ended up giving away a lot of my old figures and and sets and just this past year you know oh, yeah. a lot of people know that uh i went back and basically traded most of my odds and ends from the eighties to to get a bunch of the uh, mask toys for me and my boys. Yeah, he was on a so, mask uh, quest. If you want to talk about someone that was summer, on a quest, yeah. this guy was it. <laughs> he he'd sit there so, every night, sometimes, sometimes twice a day. He'd say, "Dude, I'm a, I'm just waiting for this this auction to clear. I mean, I'm I'm on on hook. I got it." <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, I and I've I sold some back. I I tried to buy in lots and then uh and then once I get a complete one try to sell it back. I got I think uh all but 3 vehicles of the first 3 toy lines. That's awesome. And I'm pretty pretty proud of that. And I have a a couple from the the fourth, but anyway, let's get back to uh what was your final verdict on our 1 to 5 scale of this episode? Well, hindsight being as it is being able to watch it rewatch it um uh, now that i'm older i would almost have to say that i give it a four and more of the reason is because there was no it was a good episode and for the 80s that was good animation and so forth but i'm one that likes to have the story the beginning so um instead of just being boom there's mask and venom i would have liked to have seen how mask kind of came came to be what about you yeah i'm kind of and it's what i what i had to do really is to picture myself watching this kind of in 1985 and then you know kind of assess it in this time cuz i it, it's hard to to really be truly critical of it when it's you know right 2012 and some of the capabilities you didn't have back then but there was a couple kind of things we mentioned that were i I guess i would call flaws but um i'm probably with you in in that i would give it a four i i I really couldn't give it a five just because i'm the same way uh the story and the continuity of it i guess a a couple things that that lapsed um 
But I was kind of on the fence between four or five. So it, I, I think we both can say that we really liked it and, and kind of revere it as one of the better ones. Right. So, Well, do we have any fan mail, any uh, fan comments? We do have a couple comments. Um, I'll go ahead and spout them off here. Um, our first comment, we've had two, we had two commenters this week. One from BW Media, and uh, he says, being a pilot first episode, you kind of have to grade it on a curve. Scott being there, and actually I'm a fan of Scott and T-Bob, and Hondo being hurt, felt a bit forced for the story, but otherwise it was a good introduction to the characters and the series concept. Um, and that's, I think I'm right along with that assessment. Exactly. And then of course our buddy Anna, she is the other commenter, uh, that we have up on the on the blog uh, this week so far. She says, I think this is a good introduction to the series. There might have been some more background information, but it's not necessary. Several of the scenes in this episode I can very easily see in a live-action movie. For example, the scene when Matt Tracker takes the elevator down to his little underground vehicle and tells it to go to the mask headquarters. And then he, she puts in quotes, can it go anywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the... Uh, Kind of like Batman on that one. Right. To the Batcave. Uh, the background music in this episode is fantastic, especially in the scene when Rax and Dagger are chasing Professor Stevens in the beginning. And the always fantastic music when the computer chooses the agents for the mission. In this episode, the music continues a little longer than through the, act uh, through the actual choosing, which is good. I always love the beginning when we see the meteor fly through the sky and hit the earth. It really puts, us in the, puts you in the right mood. Uh, so yeah, that's a, thank you for that, uh, yes. comment, Anna. That was a great, uh, long assessment of the, of the entire episode there. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like, as far as our script goes, um, the little bat cave stunt, I guess you would call it. Right. Um, I think that could happen in the, probably in a sequel. Um, I can tell you we didn't include it in this, in the first script just because, our story is an origin story and they are kind of just kind of putting things together. Right. If you want to imagine they get, anything, they get pretty far. Right. If you want to imagine anything resembling it, uh, the beginning of the mask cave, if you want to call it that, it'd be kind of along the lines of Batman begins where, right. where you see, uh, Bruce kind of piecing things together, discovering the cave and so forth. You could, you could probably equate it that way, to what we are doing with the movie. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And uh, we'll give one more shout out to Chris Brown. He uh, commented today that uh, he's ready to download it from iTunes. He's got a placeholder for our podcast, but we didn't have any new episodes. Well, this will be your first, Chris. Thanks for uh, for commenting on that. Yes, thank you. So we appreciate the comments, and uh, we hope you'll continue to comment through uh, this when we release the podcast. We'll have one more day where you can listen to the podcast, and we'll leave the uh, the poll up, and the uh, you know you can still comment to the blog post, however long after, even if we get into the next episode. Right now, our blog poll uh, we've got 17 votes for our one to five rating. And 64% or 11 of those are for a 5. 3, 4, a 4, and then we got 
one vote for a three and two vote for two votes for two. So nobody thought it was awful. That's a good thing. Couple couple people thought it was cheesy, and right. one person thought it was okay. But I think the the poll standings pretty much uh, reflect what we uh, thought about the episode. Right. So you want to tell them about next week? That's right. Um, we enjoyed this. We hope to do this every week, and uh, we invite you to join us for our next mass cast. Uh, it's going to be on episode two, the Star Chariot. Well, I have yet to uh, watch it again to get my own assessment, but uh, like any mask show, I'm sure it'll be entertaining, and we'll get to see all the favorite characters of the episode. And uh, if, if you haven't been on Wikipedia and looked at the mask page on there, they have a list of, of basically the plot of every episode and every episode name. It's a good resource. But uh, they list the plot for the Star Chariot as Venom steals a mystical arrowhead rumored to point the way to an alien spacecraft buried in the desert. Ooh, sounds chilling. <laughs> so uh, we'll be posting that next week. You'll get the chance to watch episode two of uh, Mask. And, you know, you can put your comments on Facebook at our Mask the Movie page, or you can just go on to the blog and comment on the post with the actual uh, embedding of the video. So you can do it in either place, and we'll try to get some more comments again on next time. And, uh, yeah, it's been great. I'm, I'm looking forward to these. Well, we got uh, only 74 more to go. Hey, we got lots <laughs> to do then. We got at least good enough material for about a year and a half. So I guess so. <laughs> yeah, so for Jason, this is Wyatt. We enjoyed this, and we hope to see you next time for MassCast.